0: Welcome to the show today, guys. We are rolling with more of our awesome guests from Love Life Washington Conference. Once again, you remember Love Life California, Pastor Jack Hibbs Church, January 29th. 1,100 people, 400 online, Washington pro life warriors, and Ezekiel Watchmen inspired by it. And now we're up here and they're doing it, Love Life Washington. So, and we've got an incredible line of, of guest speakers, uh, of which right now with me is Eric Metaxas, the author of many best selling books. My favorite, as you know, because I talk about Bonhoeffer a lot, would be the biography on Bonhoeffer, of course, Wilberforce, and his new book, which we talked about recently on the podcast, Letter to the American Church. So, anyways, buckle up, you're in for a treat. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Welcome back to the show today, brother.
1: (laughs) How did I get here? Yeah, it's good to be with you. Well,
0: you're bouncing all around the place, Eastern Time, and now you're going to Rob's Godspeed Calvary Chapel, and then uh, Rise San Marcos, Greg Denham, precious brother. Greg
1: Denham is awesome, wonderful friend. Yep. San Marcos, California. There are so many, you know. There's so many wonderful people and pastors and churches, hmm. and I'm getting to know many of them, yeah. and I'm getting encouraged Isn't that the, it the remnant yes. is rising up. Yep. Uh, it, good, good things are happening. Amen. It's just happening slowly, yeah. and a lot of people aren't aware of it. So yeah. we do what we can.
0: I was thinking, Eric, of uh, Amos five fifteen. Um, establish justice in the gate, uh, which would have referred to kind of the public square in the courts. Of course, yeah. Um, that that it may be, that maybe God would be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. And so this is this is idea, right, that even while Israel is being oppressed and god continues to give them over psalm 106 says give them over to be ruled by those who hate them because of their disobedience mm. often <laughs> that disobedience entailing child sacrifice um, and god says establish justice yeah in the gates yeah. in the courts so that maybe i'll show you grace <laughs> and we're starting to see i think like you said more of these brave amazing pastors starting to go oh I've been living under the spell of the Johnson Amendment.
1: Oh, my gosh. Listen, just to show you how sick things are, I need to say this, okay? I never heard of the Johnson Amendment until guess who brought it to my attention? His name is Donald Trump. (laughs) Now, think about this. A thrice-married, philandering, real estate developer, billionaire from New York City, Okay, He's the one that brings the concept of the Johnson Amendment to the ding-dong evangelicals, of which I am a card-carrying member, and says, oh, you, by the way, you just accepted this idea that bro, you're not supposed to be political, yeah. you know. Where did that come from? It did not come from the scripture. It did not come from the Constitution. That's it right. came from something that was passed by a corrupt <laughs> democratic Talk about politico yeah. Yeah. in the middle of the 1950s because he did not like... What churches were saying about him, or whatever it was, and it's mind blowing to think that the church let that happen, and let not just let it happen, but so imbibed it that we ourselves acted like, well, I, yeah, I guess that's right. We didn't, we didn't even know where it came from. Wow. You know, we know where Roe v. Wade came from. We know the date, and we know that needs to be overturned. Yep. But the Johnson Amendment, we just kind of went along with it, yeah. and kind of it became part of our ethos as a church that we we don't go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think, wow, yeah. we've participated in our own marginalization. The Lord calls us in, in Amos and so many other places in scripture yeah. to bring justice. Mm-hmm. So where do we get this idea that we're just supposed to preach the gospel? What does that even mean, preach the yeah. gospel? It's like any good thing like the gospel is not God, okay? We're supposed to preach the kingdom. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to preach truth. Yeah. We're supposed to be, you know, all these things are wrapped up and when you single one out, mm-hmm. it often uh, becomes a kind of idol. Very good. And you don't. Thank you for saying and that. And you don't really, um, there's a chapter in, in the new book, Letter to the American Church, called The Idol of Evangelism. <gasps> Well, like, where do we get this idea? Like, we, we know this. Every good thing, every great thing can become an idol that replaces God, right? Mm-hmm. So when you start saying, like, evangelism, 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 like, it's one of the greatest things imaginable. Yeah. But then you think, are there times when I'm being silent when God would have me speak mm-hmm. because I'm worried that I might so push good. somebody away yep. and evangelism will take precedence. Right. First of all, we the Lord cares. You the
0: title of cultural respectability, too. Well, you, kind of you could thing, any. I want to be strategic precisely, in my articulation of evangelism. Precisely. So I'll stay silent and capitulate and flinch at the one point that, I'm needed that, the most for God's truth. Well, that's right. I'm just being strategic and making sure that they'll hear and gospel.
1: And to be sure, there's a place for that. In sure. other words, you're not supposed to be like a, a bullhorn on every subject at every moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you need discernment, you need wisdom. There's times that where you say, well, that's not the battle to fight right now. Uh, I don't need to be arguing about how old the earth is or uh, I don't need to be arguing about the filioque clause or who's right on this or this or that. But there's some people, first of all, that are in love with arguing about these things, okay? And so that's not good. But there is a time when you put things aside and you say, let's just focus on what does God want me to talk about right now, right? Um, and i think that in the american church a lot of people have done precisely what german pastors did in the 1930s okay mm. they they made theolo- like huge theological errors by saying you know what it's going to be a real price if we speak up against the 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 the, the, the wickedness of the nazis so we're going to pretend it's not that wicked and we're going to we're just going to do our thing and yeah. trust that the Lord will work it out, yeah. I don't have to, you know. And you realize that's not realistic. The world in which we live sometimes requires us, if there's a kid about to get hit by a car, Amen. I don't say, I need to have a good quiet time right now. Yeah. And people say, "Well, of course. What could be better than praying? How could you even question it?" Well, I'll tell you, how I'm going to question it. That kid is going to be turned into road pizza yeah. if I do not leap out and scream and do something right now. Amen. That's called living in reality. And yeah. the Lord created reality, and He calls us to live as believers in reality. Yeah. So, so this false choice—it's like the devil's choice between prayer. Or action, and you think, <laughs> yeah. no, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna do both, and yeah. you're gonna have wisdom. But there's a time when you pick up a sword. There's a time when you lay down the sword. There's a problems. time when, they, yeah, yeah. and so this idea that the church is supposed to be silent in the face of evil and just stick to these few theological things. I'm just, just gonna preach here. on yeah. John three sixteen. That's it. Yeah. You think that's out of the pit of hell. Yeah. And it's an amazing thing that. We are repeating the mistakes, and when I say this, I'm not exaggerating. Oh, Lord, how I wish I were exaggerating. Mm -hmm. I wish I were wrong. We are repeating the mistake of the German church in the 30s, so it's my contention that we are opening the door to satanic evil Mm -hmm. because of our misplaced uh, uh, fidelity to, quote-unquote, sticking to gospel-related issues. When you think, slavery was a real issue. And there were pastors, let's be clear, who said, well, I'm not going to go there. I don't want to offend. There may be slave owners or or pro-slavery people in my congregation. I just want to get them saved. I just care about their souls. We're seeing the same thing. And, of course, it was much worse in Bonhoeffer's day. So in the book, Letter to the American Church, I focus on that specific issue of the silence of the German pastors. These were good guys. Yeah, right. Many of them, some of them weren't, but many of them were good guys who just thought, well, I've got this theological out, yeah. and I'm just going to, quote, unquote, preach the gospel. Yeah. But obedience is better than sacrifice. We, you know, mm-hmm. we, we are told, if the Lord is calling us to speak on this and this and this, and we say, well, no, no Lord, I, I just, I'm, I'm going to just speak on this, yeah. the Lord is not blessed by that, yeah. and, and his people wow. suffer. And, and by the way, forget about his people. Forget about our people. Yeah. People suffer. That's right. Tons he of people outside of, of, of the church yes. for whom the Lord died yeah. are going to suffer if we do not speak up against That's right. critical race theory, transgender yep. madness, yep. whatever you want open borders, election transparency, vaccine harms. Yep. But like, we are supposed to be free to speak about truth. Yes, amen. And the Lord appoints His church to fearlessly speak truth. Yeah. So I am obviously uh, horrified to find ourselves in a yeah. place really dramatically similar to the German church in the early, even in the mid in the mid 30s. Yeah. And if we do not disabuse ourselves of mm. these ideas, yeah. I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast there are you know there are prominent Christians. Saying the opposite of what I just said. Oh yeah, huge. Yeah. And and I am so grieved by it. Some some and, men and,
0: and we used to respect, in fact.
1: Well, that's exactly. See, that's the point. You have you, you have a number of people. Well, it goes both ways. Um, John MacArthur, uh, in the book, I mention him in some ways as one of the bad guys because Chuck Colson and. This was like, I don't know, in two thousand and seven or six or whatever. He was right. trying to do this thing called the Manhattan Declaration. And MacArthur Correct. and and John Piper and Alistair Begg and others, friends of his, were like, Nope, we're not gonna go there, you know? Mm. And he was really thinking, Don't you see it was exactly the same thing we're talking yeah. about now. But MacArthur obviously has seen the light on these issues, yeah. and he just issued this glorious letter to the, to, the, yes. to the wicked Herod governor of California, Herod. Gavin Newsom. Psycho, yeah. and, and so you can see, the reason I say this is there's hope, yes. that there are people that they've seen, oh yeah, I think I got that wrong. Yes. Martin Niemöller in yeah. Bonhoeffer's day, he got it wrong, <laughs> yeah. and then he got it yeah, right, man. and Herod. then he spoke out. Amen, amen. And so this is not about condemning people, it's about reasoning with those who yeah. are being silent, who are, yeah. have these theological reasons, and say, yeah. are these theological reasons correct yes. or have you gotten it wrong? Because good yeah. people have gotten these things wrong in the past, Amen. check it out, look at it, so, consider it. So Eric, uh, I'll sum up everything you just
0: said. Ideas have consequences and bad ideas have victims. And And you just discussed the demonic ideologies earlier and you talked about these demonic ideologies that are rearing its ugly head. Are you gonna contend against that church? Right, uh, I always say we're not contending against an alternative politics, like an alternative political vision for the right. country. We're contending against an alternative religion. And secular yeah. progressivism, yeah. which is just secular humanism, which is really just neo-Malthusianism, which is really just eugenics, yeah. is an alternative religion. It should be treated as such. Um, and so when pastors say, I don't really preach on politics, I say, in today's day and age, Eric, I say, no, you don't preach against false religion that masquerades as politics to keep the politically impotent pastor silent. Because the spirit of the age and his acolytes and the left understands that um, most pastors fear the label politics. They fear being associated with something perceived as political. So they know if they can redefine and masquerade their demonic, kooky, sexually obsessed assault against the image of God, children, and families as just the politics, they know they can keep a lot of those pastors silent and shut up. Yeah. Um, and so they're so they're relying on the spirit of Lot in the church rather than the spirit of Jonathan and David to say when it really mattered, when you were needed the most, to stand for the cause of right. what God cares about—family, children, little ones, your own freaking daughters. You give them over to the sexually obsessed, crazy oh, mob because you wanted what? Cultural respectability, keep your place at the table, not be reviled.
1: And by the way, I say that you know there was there was a time for that, right? Uh, In the book, I mentioned Tim Keller. I love Tim Keller. Okay, and he was really right on this for a season. Yeah. But the world changed very dramatically in the last, let's say, fifteen years. And when you talk about, you know, conservatives say this, liberals say this, but the gospel says this. That mantra, that rubric. That really worked. It made sense evangelistically. But once the left adopts Marxism, transgender madness, uh, open borders, whatever it is, you can no longer effectively say those things and be taken seriously. Have you seen what's changed? And and a lot of people have refused to see the change.
0: Said that beautifully in the last episode we just did together via Skype, and so it's fun to hang out with you in person. But, uh, you know, I would say this. I would say that these demonic ideas that you just referred to have actually been blossoming in the rotten soil of the American public for a long time. Yeah. And the church has failed to realize this. Chesterton once said, um, blessed is the man who knows not only, or happy is he, who knows not only the hidden causes of things, but who has not lost touch with their beginnings. And so Charlie Kirk, our good friend and Turning Point Faith, are sponsoring my, this nationwide tour I'm doing right now, White Rose Resistance National Life Tour. And I'll be at the, this pulpit, Cedar Park Church, tomorrow morning for that tour. And so what, some, some of what I'm doing, Eric, because of men like you and others who've inspired me and educated me so well, is to expose those demonic ideas, trace the thread of these ideas through yeah. the American yeah. fabric yeah. to understand, how did we get here? Okay. And so I think this is powerful. And I want to throw it back to you, Eric, because it's always been the same religion and agenda. Yeah. The deification of the self, right? Right. Margaret Singer's first published piece was called Woman Rebel with the tagline, no gods and no masters. I mean, come on, could it be any more blatant church? Well, there's, see, actually yeah though,
1: so, so if you really wanna be, just to, to be clear here, what I said a moment ago is really only half true. In other words, when I said that uh, Tim Keller's idea and uh, the, the ideas, in, in other words, it was always, to some extent, a devil's bargain, right? right. Like, we're going we're gonna to do this for the sake of evangelism. But if you are not someplace yeah. confronting these things, which have been weaving their way through the culture, slow march through yes. the institutions, through the decades, yeah. then eventually it's going to come and get you. That's and that's right. kind of what happened. In other words, if you don't yeah. go against... Yes. You know, uh, no fault divorce. If yes. you don't go against exactly. the Johnson Amendment, and, the, and, the, and the, if you don't, yeah. in American other Law words, Institute. all yeah. along yeah. we have had these battles, yeah. and I think a lot of people have kind of opted out, opted out, or and had it, no idea, and it's some or had no idea, right. but at some point it catches up with you, and we are now
0: because things happen gradually, that suddenly there, and then we go, oh shoot! Yeah. So you, you're, you know, round expert Eric on the life of Bonhoeffer, Wilberforce as well, Martin Luther as well, um, but you really. most people associate you with the biography of Bonhoeffer. Um, And so as I've been studying a lot of the long walk through the institutions, you know, you start learning the connections of these demonically inspired people. You know, so like Margaret Sanger, right, the patron saint of feminism, with a bigger body count than Mao, Stalin, and Hitler combined, and yet she's praised in the halls of Congress, and Hillary Clinton gets an award named after her. Um, she she had some of the most demonic people on her board and that she associated with.
1: Well, when you um, say demonic, you're not using that word like metaphorically. Loosely, yeah, We're I talking about correct. incredibly correct. dark figures who were part of the cultural elite of that era. Amen. So um,
0: Leon Whitney was the executive secretary of the American Eugenics Society. He was a very good friend of Sanger. Now, he was not on the board of the American Birth Control League, Eric, but he was a very good friend of Sanger, a real ally, as was Madison Grant, one of the leaders of the American Eugenics Society. Margaret Sanger's Birth Control League shared freaking office spaces with the American Eugenics Society, and she tried to merge her organization on two different occasions with American eugenics groups. Okay. Leon Whitney once got a letter. Again, this is like they piled. These are best friends of Singer. Leon Whitney gets a letter one day here from a uh, a German corporal recently out of prison, rising in the German political scene, uh, writing fan mail to Leon Whitney, thanking him for his writings on eugenics.
1: Excuse me, Leon Whitney. Are you
0: kidding? Takes this letter, Eric, to his friend Madison Grant. Who's also part of the American Eugenic Society, and Leon Whitney's really excited because he wants to brag. And this is all true, by the way. He wants to show Madison Grant this. He, he wants to Ladies say, "Ladies
1: and gentlemen, are you ready for, the, for say, the reveal? Who the corporal was?" Madison
0: Grant. Look, we're influencing German leaders with our eugenics ideas. Madison Grant smiles and chuckles. Eric, and he pulls out his own letter he had also just received in the mail from the same German corporal, recently out of prison, rising in the German political scene, calling Madison Grant's book, The Passing of the Great Race, his Bible. The man who wrote those letters was named Adolf Hitler.
1: Well, look, we just have to say that again. Adolf Hitler, folks, that's who we're talking about. And the funny thing is, years ago, uh, when people would bring up these kinds of connections, because, I had come through Yale and was moving in those kind of like, you know, elite New York circles, I would kind of sneer like, oh, come on, like you're, you're overstating it. Yeah, yeah, I get that too. I couldn't really buy it. It was too much. It was too much, right? Now you see it clearly, I see it clearly, I should say, I finally see it clearly. And you realize, look, evil is evil. I mean, there, there have always been people pushing these ideas. And I mean, it gets worse. Uh, you you have Sanger um, hanging out with the Ku Klux Klan, yeah, yeah. and you have you you have the Democratic Party being the party of the Klan, and you have yeah. the and it goes on and on and on and on. And the bottom line is, in our generation, we have all taken in the false narrative that the Democratic Party is for the people. The guy, They're yeah. for civil rights. <laughs> They're for whatever. And when you start looking at it, I mean, you're, you're seeing it now when people like Nancy Pelosi say, well, you know, we need these, you know, brown people to pick the crops, you know. That. In others, you realize that they are, on some level, nothing's changed. When you right. hear things that Biden has said over the years, the way he referred to Obama. Yeah. Uh, before Obama these became Freudian a candidate. Slips. Yeah, you
0: had the first well, they, they no, to no, the no they weren't
1: man. they weren't really <laughs> Freudian slips. The, the, these are people that are of a generation not to be aware that they're out of touch and how they sound. Yeah. how condescending and racist they sound, right. Yeah. But I'm saying that it, it is it is finally coming out now. We're seeing it and, and so that gives me hope actually yeah, that yeah. we're kind of we're putting these pieces together. Yes. And sometimes, let's face it, things have to get really ugly before some people will pay attention. So I believe, yes. which we probably said in the podcast a few weeks ago, that I really believe it's God's mercy to mm-hmm. let things get very bad to wake up the people who ordinarily would not have been awakened. I mean, exactly. people like good people like Martin Niemuller, he eventually woke up, he eventually yeah. saw, yeah. And, and in fact it gets to a thread. In a meeting with Hitler, where Niemoller still had hope, he still had hope that, you know, look, Hitler's maybe sure. not perfect, but we can. I mean, he, you know, we have to understand, in the in in, in that day, yeah. we act like well, we all would have known Hitler would no. Martin Niemoller was just no. the
0: Russell Moore of his day before his conversion.
1: Uh, that in, so in a way, maybe that gives us hope in, in, for Andy in a Stanley way, and Russell Moore. In, in, a, in a way, I don't, I don't, I actually don't think Niemoller was anywhere near where where they are. Like I think he was just, yeah. Without going into it, I will simply say I'll simply say this: that Niemoller goes into a meeting with Hitler with great hope. Now Bonhoeffer had already seen; yes. he already knew what was going to happen. So Niemoller goes in and is confronted. This is in my Bonhoeffer book. He's confronted. I think it was Goebbels mm. uh, or Goering. I can't remember which one. Had a transcript of Niemöller's recent phone conversations where he kind of maybe made light of Hitler or something like that, they confront him with this. In other words, they're basically there to say, listen, pal, listen, Mr. Pastor, you're gonna shut up and you do your job. And if you ever, you know, okay. So in the meeting, Niemöller trying to defend himself says, but you know, Mein Fuhrer, you know, I care about the Third Reich, I care about Germany, I care about. and this is the chilling moment when Hitler says, you just worry about your sermons. You let me worry about the Third Reich. In other words, you stay in your little religious theological lane. Come you preach on. your little stupid little gospel. Yeah, keep it in the church. And we right. will run the world and do whatever we want. And you'll bow to the authority of the state and your Fuhrer. Yeah. And that's when Niemöller, you know, the scales fell from his eyes, right? And I think that that's where we are today in the sense that you have all of these pastors and Christian leaders thinking that if I make nice, nice, you know, with, with the powers that be, they'll allow me to preach the gospel. They'll allow me, I was at an NRB thing. I also write about this in the book, Letter to the American Church. I was at the NRB. National radio, In a room with a prominent radio pastor. I won't say the name, I won't say that, but I was there, you know, and he actually said in the meeting proudly that on my radio program, you know, my huge national, international radio program, I have not brought up any of these hot button issues so that I didn't get canceled so I can continue to do what God called me to do, whatever. And I thought, stab me now, because what you have just said, it's because of good people like you being silent that all of the fire has come at people like me or anybody willing to talk about the evil, cutting off young women's Breasts, destroying their lives, yep. destroying womanhood, uh, yes. de- de- destroying young men by yep. by preaching this false gospel of kids of of uh, well whatever it is. I mean, the All fact it. of the matter is, yep. he was proud, just like a lot of these German pastors were proud, saying like, "We're not going to go against wow. the, the 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 Nazis or or whatever. Like, like you know, we're just going to we just want to preach our gospel." And I thought to myself, there are many in the church today still convinced that that's the right path. And I'm here to say, folks, I really wish you were right, number one, uh, you're, but you're not. We've gotten this wrong. Yeah. We need to repent. And good people have seen the light and have repented. Yeah. And it's possible. And so in a way, I wrote the book to reason with those who might be reasoned with. Some people won't be reasoned with. You mentioned Russell Moore or David French. I, I don't know, yeah. you know. They've got tr- Trump rabies where they just are so... Uh, foaming that GDS, it's yeah, I don't know what to say, correct. but I do think yeah. that there are good people mm-hmm. that can be reached, yeah. and if they can be reached, things will change, mm-hmm. but they need to understand that the hour could not be later frankly we're we're, we're at the edge of the edge of the edge yes.
0: and it's and, and Eric, you and I don't speak like th- I said this in my message today it's like we don't speak like this. To try to rile you up into a frenzy. It's not like I'm trying to get just like nice, you know, reshares on Instagram and like spicy quotes (laughs) that like get you excited. I'm speaking this way because I believe it. I'm trying to wake you up. Yeah. Jesus Christ called John the Baptist the greatest man that ever lived, Eric. Why was John the Baptist killed? For publicly calling out public sin of a political leader. So I'm sorry, pastors, but if you have a problem with Eric blowing the Ezekiel trumpet so that the people will be warned, um, you need to start taking some scissors to your Bibles.
1: Well, I wanna tell you, um, again, when I say this, I, I know that there are good people getting this wrong, okay? Or, or people that, you know, I might not agree with them on all kinds of stuff, but one of the worst examples um, Andy Stanley came out with a book called Not In It To Win It, which says the opposite of everything we're talking about. Yeah. And I forced myself to read it and try to understand, does he have a point, right? And it's very, very bad. It's going to mislead millions into, to stay silent and to allow these evils to come. Yeah. But the worst thing of all was when I went on the Amazon page and I saw a happy blurb for the book from Jim Daly of Focus on the Family. And I thought, that's how bad this is, that someone that I know is a good guy would be deceived into thinking that Uh, this idea is gonna help us, generally speaking. And so I wrote this book for folks like Jim and others that I could understand, if Martin Niemöller could get this wrong, we could all get this wrong. But if Martin Niemöller could see the light, we could all eventually maybe see the light before it's too late. Martin Niemöller saw the light when it was too late. Good. It was too late. When he woke up, he knew it was too late and Good. it was too late. If he had woken up a year earlier, yeah. they could have turned the tide in Germany because he knew and, 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 and the Nazis knew that the German church had the cultural power. So that's why they thought if we could neutralize the church, we will win. They succeeded in neutralizing the church. And by the time folks like Niemöller woke up, it was game over. So that's the ominous warning that I beg my brothers and sisters to take this seriously. And, And
0: just to put a couple like modern examples on it, if you guys are listening to this and you're like, all right, Eric's a conspiracy theorist. He's talking about oh, America's fine, we're free, it's a system of government, federalism, voice of the people, we can change, come on, what What are you talking about? Yeah. California, Newsom, yesterday, Eric, just signed a bill preventing parental consent for minors uh, who are experiencing gender Confusion from their degenerate yeah. public school teachers basically saying we can we can counsel them and work with them without parental consent He just he's codifying abortion through point of birth into the state constitution preventing legal look investigations well, The, the into thing babies, the
1: thing about parental killed, consent <laughs> the, the, the thing about parental consent, okay that those are fighting words ladies and gentlemen yep. He I mean this is satanic. This is like Mao the or Stalin saying hey mom dad shut up I own your children, okay? Yeah. That's the end of America. It's unconstitutional. If you do not stand against that, come on, brother. you do not understand anything about what it is to be an American, about God's mandate over our kids, this is something that never in American history has this even been challenged. Yep. To be at, a, at this point where people could be so ignorant and confused that they might accept this, this is as un-American, as anti-American, and as anti-biblical yes. as anything I've ever heard. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to make a case for abortion and I say, well, we disagree because, because, because. But when you when you dare to do something as blatant as go after the question whether parents have the rights over their kids, <laughs> yeah. like, we, we don't even have to have a conversation. You have right. just said one plus one equals three. Th- this is not, yeah. you know, I mean, I understand people that are, that are wrong on issues like abortion and yeah. I can even understand how they could be wrong and I would wanna argue with them and reason with them and whatever. But this is the kind of thing that it's like a new level of wickedness. Yes. And so we're seeing these kinds of things. So if you need reason yeah. to, to be shocked, this is the, the classic reason. Good. A uh, real Instagram th- video thing, live video, whatever,
0: went what, viral the other day thanks to people like David Harris Jr. and other warriors. And uh, it's a, a, a black mom and dad, total mama bear, papa bears at uh, Chattanooga, um, which we've been seeing a lot of the drag queens uh, dancing and stripping for kids and all this sick demonic stuff. And they're in a restaurant and they're starting to dance and jiggle and titillate the kids and the parents. And these parents are there with their kids, Eric. So this mom and dad starts laying into these parents. So awesome. You're What are you doing? What kind of parents are you? Anyways, here's the, here's the lesson from the story. And guess what happens there? The people in the restaurant and the workers at the restaurant get angry at the parents yeah. and say, get out of our restaurant. It's, so for those who would stand, you mean you for mean tents, the parents
1: that were allowing their children to be subjected to yeah. this child
0: abuse? Yeah. The guests who were subjecting their yeah. children to it, and the employees at the restaurant get angry at the people blowing the trumpet, yeah. calling them out for their sin. Yeah. No different than when Gideon tears down the altars of Baal yeah. and yeah. Asherah. Yeah. yeah okay. And after he tears okay. them down, the Midianites and the Israelites get mad at Gideon. Yeah. Say so you tore down all our t- altars. Yeah. Our altars. Yeah. And so there will be a cost that comes to stand oh. for the cause of Christ and truth. But are you ready and willing to pay that price? And if not. Where does this end, Derek?
1: And listen, by the way, folks, if you aren't ready to pay that price, then you do not understand the price that was paid for you. It's very simple. You say you have faith, but if if you're not willing to pay the price, you prove you have no faith. So you should now be worried about your salvation because you're you're making it clear that the faith you claim to have, you don't have. If we believe Jesus defeated death on the cross, okay, we're going to live like he defeated death on the cross. We don't fear death, we don't fear any kind of death, literal death, um, you know, death uh, socially, death whatever. Amen. He calls us to live this way. He died so that we could live this way. He died so that we could be free. This is literally the point of salvation, right, is that we are now free to live until the moment we see him face to face as though we are with him face to face and he's with us. And so I think this is a, a beautiful opportunity for the church to start actually living out the faith we claim to have. This yeah. is the moment the Lord is is is, is pushing us. He's yeah. not going to force us, amen. but he's trying to help us yeah. to see uh, where we are.
0: Yeah, amen.
1: Wow. Well,
0: Eric, you, uh, you're going to be sharing a message about uh, this concept of uh, the saints and heroes of the faith, many of whom died today, and uh, your book, and you'll be t- talking with people today. Um, we need to live in the light of eternity, and Bonhoeffer understood that. Uh, his final words were, this is the end for me, the beginning of life.
1: And he the, knew it. He didn't, he wasn't right. hoping. Yeah, right. he, he wasn't like, oh, I hope. You know, that I'm going to heaven. Yeah. It's like, that's a joke. You're yeah. supposed to know. Like In fact, the Lord totally wants you to know. He doesn't yeah. want you to hope. Amen. He wants you to know and to walk in that. authority. And constantly. he is calling his people to do that now and to call others to do that now. So we're living in exciting times. Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen.
0: Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Go give them heaven. (laughs) Thank you guys for tuning in to the show today. A wonderful share this. Please share this with your apolitical friends who are still disengaged from this thing called politics. Uh, Share this with your pro-choice progressive friends and try to wake them up and get them to see what's happening. Uh, Go to uh, ericmetaxas.com
1: or .org? .com, .com. .com. ericmetaxas.com. Check out all
0: of his books, his speaking schedule, Uh, but you need to pick up Letter to the American Church. Uh, As Eric said last time, this is the prophetic voice of Bonhoeffer speaking today. Very powerful. You need to understand the times and be like the sons of Issachar. If you want to see my speaking schedule or book me for an event, go to sethgruber.com or to go to the White Rose Resistance live tour or become an ally of the White Rose, go to W www.thewhiterose.life. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.